you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. Guardian. Welcome to all of you to episode 73 of In Orbit, Mash Shows Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and to you, the Destiny community. However we reach your ears, we thank you for making us a part of your Destiny experience. My name is Jorge. My name is David. And I'm Jordan. And we want to make sure that you guys are checking out all the other amazing podcasts available here on the Mash Shows Buttons Network at www.mashshowsbuttons.com. Get involved with the show by sending us feedback and questions to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at inorbitpodcast or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash dsbolt. I'm really excited as we have a jam-packed show with a lot of information. But before we get into any of that, David, how has your week been? I mean, it's been pretty good. Um, the only unfortunate thing is I haven't had a real reason to return to Destiny. But, uh, I mean, I've, I've still been playing some video games. Still on my Skyrim kick. I'm on my, like, fourth character at this point. It's always Third. fun to do replaythroughs, man. Fourth? That's why it's... Yeah, dude, Third. you gotta... I, I got, like, my main character, who's everything, because he's level 97 now. I got my paladin. I got my wizard. I got my dark orc, man. You just gotta play with multiple people. Okay, and then you have a good time. But uh, I'm looking forward to, honestly, as weird as it sounds, I'm looking forward to the Mayhem weeks to start in, De- start in Destiny because, honestly, I'm going to come back for a little bit just to play some Mayhem Strikes. It's always fun to constantly have super. Okay. All right. <laughs> and uh, Jordan, how's your week been? Uh, it's been pretty good. Um, technical difficulties in the house here. I have not actually been able to play Destiny. But um, I will be playing this week, so I'm not out of touch, but I haven't touched the controller physically, which is weird because I've done it every week now for the past. I don't know how many weeks. So, yeah, I don't know what to do with my hand. How about you, Jorge? (laughs) I'm not going to even touch that joke with a 10 foot. (laughs) That was way too easy. And you're you're baiting me. Uh Uh-huh. Devil, stay away. Go on. Go so anyway, how's anyway, your week? Man? My week has been... Eh, it's all right. <laughs> I mean, I haven't... To be honest, I haven't really been playing any video games at all. Um, and I haven't really done that for the past two weeks. Just haven't really had too much time. And to be honest, there's not much going on video game-wise. Uh, most, As David mentioned, he's going back to a game... That is how many years old by now and been on how many different platforms? It's only like seven it's years a, old, man. It's, it's, it's almost getting to the point where it, you can put Skyrim on a Maytag washer, for goodness sake. <laughs> so, I mean, it, 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 
Not to say that it's a terrible game. It's just you Skyrim can definitely see on there. a Maytag washer that went over my head. Please explain. I, I what? <laughs> no, no, what you don't happened? get an explanation. It's okay. Just move okay. on. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a it's a great game, but it's been on a like every single system possibly. It, it's just ridiculous. You know, random so, side note before we get into actual talk that matters, since we're talking about washing machines. Uh, have you guys ever noticed that it's like a requirement to be able to grow a beard to be on a Destiny podcast? Oh, God. I just noticed that we all did not shave this week. I don't think Jordan ever shaves, but. No. Jordan's got that. Um, I have an actual beard. <laughs> I could have an actual beard. This takes me like three days. <laughs> yeah. Jordan's got that muff face. Anyway. My beard's so manly, it takes me three days to shave it. It's so manly. That's. Okay. That's cool. So with that, let's go <laughs> ahead and jump into the news real quick. We'll go over the TWAB. So the deadline for the completion of Age of Triumph book for rewards for Destiny 2 is August 1st, 2017. Confirm. So if you want to get that sweet, sweet shirt, which Jordan is proudly showing off right now. You know, I was wearing mine earlier. Us, We're about to be matching again for like the fourth week in a row. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, it's a good, so, yeah, it's a good thing that's... we text each other beforehand and we coordinate these things. Yeah. <laughs> Which definitely does not happen. No, no. So if you want that sweet, sweet shirt, make sure that you complete the Age of Triumph book, at least get to level seven by August 1st. And then we heard about what we're going to get as legacy gamers. Emblems in Destiny 2, which are different than the regular rectangular icons in Destiny 1 now. Now, those rectangular icons are still going to be there. But in Destiny 2, the area above your guardian in the character screen reflects the design of your equipped emblem. Regular emblems, like in Destiny 1, are still visible when you're in orbit. And we will have up to seven emblems given to Legacy Guardian based on specific completions. And or I already more. know David isn't going to get a couple. I get all of them. Do you? Yeah. Well, let's go over them real quick. <laughs> so the first one is the Laurel Triumphant, and it's given to you if you completed a moment of triumph during Destiny's first year. Check. Did you? Okay. Yep, got it. The Laurea Primea 2, which is basically the evolved version of the one that you got in, in year two, the start of year two, if you completed the moments of triumph. And you have to complete all 10 moments of triumph during destiny's first year i mean i did it before september 9th 2015 yeah. was it was, did you was get that, that did you get it, the yeah, yeah 15 that's right yeah so you got the laurea primaria no the original one yeah no, but i did it before the first year was over you're probably not gonna get i'm probably not gonna get that one that's a half check because <laughs> because the thing was the thing was i did skolas after the completion time uh-uh. But before the first year <laughs> was technically over. This guy over here trying to get into technicalities. He's about to sue Bungie. <laughs> Not for, an, I, for that, a damn emblem. I probably won't get anyway, that one, but it's okay. <laughs> Slayer of Oryx is given to you if you completed a moment of triumph during year two. And mm-hmm. Heard the Call is given to you if you completed all eight moments of triumph in year two. Yep. Young Wolf is given to you if you complete if you Reach rank two in the Age of Triumph record book. Saladin's pride if you reach rank seven and got the sweet, sweet shirt. 
Well, you don't have to buy the shirt, but you have to at least reach rank seven. In the Age of Triumph record book, and Lore Scholar is given to you if you achieve a Grimoire score of 5,000 in Destiny 1. Now, what if you have Max Grimoire? Nothing but That we know of. You're not going to get anything. Oh. If they didn't give you anything for completing the entire record book, they're not going to give you anything for getting Max Grimoire. I, I have given up on Max Grimoire. Here's the thing. Okay. I need to go in. Good point. I need to go in and finish my record book, man. My trials page is like more than halfway done. And I only have like two months to play trials. <laughs> yep. Uh, kind of jumping on that thing you just mentioned. As confirmed by Bungie, we have until August 1st to reach rank 7 in the Age of Triumph book to unlock the discount to claim the Age of Triumph shirt. And mm. August 1st will be the very last Destiny 1 Iron Banner mm. with August 11th being the very last Destiny 1 Trials of Osiris. Moment These of events. silence. The moment of silence, indeed. You just talked in the moment of silence. Uh, but I don't really anyway. respect Trials that much, so I'm sorry. Oh, but any, With regards to these events, they've always been a <laughs> kind of premium event. Like, if you, had, if you were in year one and you only had all of year one stuff, you never got king, uh, Taken King, you weren't going to be able to do Iron Banner or Trials. So you always had to upgrade to be able to get those activities. So it's not that much different. Anyway, uh, previous PlayStation exclusive items will finally transfer over to the Xbox in October. And this includes the Xbox 360. So there will be a slight update or unlocking of the 360 as the exclusive PlayStation items for the Taken King will be finally available on the 360 and the Xbox One in October. Yay. Exclusive items for Rise of Iron will only be accessible, obviously, on the Xbox One, but basically everything's being brought to parity with regards to De Destiny 1, finally, in October. After everything's gone. Bye-bye. Tuesday, June 27th at 7 a.m., um, Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. UK, 2, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and 11 p.m. UK Time. Destiny servers will be taken offline for maintenance in preparation of Destiny 2's beta. And then here to me is the most distressing news from the TWAB. The dreaded Q from the Rise of Iron <laughs> launch Tape is here. going to return for Destiny 2's beta and launch in case there are times of high activity or maintenance period. Destiny 2, the return of Tapir. your Tapirs. Yep. Oh my gosh. And then last, but certainly not least, <laughs> this is a very big, at least to me, uh, Guardian Con pre-charity event is in full effect with official streams on www.twitch.tv slash GuardianCon. Watch and donate as your favorite streamers push forward towards the $1 million goal for St. Jude's. And if I'm not mistaken, they've already reached 90000 Uh Shoot, more than that, dude. Well, yeah, no, they're at a total. I total thought right like now, it's like three hundred something. It's at three eighty about right now because they were at three seventy five yeah. earlier this evening. Yeah. So. They, they basically, oh, wow. I think every, every individual streamer has their own goals and it's like making it fire fast. Like the person, oh, I, I forget who it was. Someone, I just checked in on it before we started this up, but whoever was doing it had goals like 
um, dyeing their hair red for Guardian Con, yeah. deleting their hunter. Um, oh, uh, yeah, something something else was the last that's one. Heavy. But it's like his stream had been going on for only like an hour or so, and he was at like 15K. <laughs> like it is crazy this year how fast it's going, and I love it. Oh, it's they're awesome. going to smash they're going to smash their goal, I think. Uh, yeah, so right it's now, really while cool. we're live, if you're watching, at, when we're done, right now, Giggs is on. And yeah, like they said, it's been awesome. I've been watching a ton of it. Um, uh, uh, watch me, or excuse me, um, Rage. Um, Say no one of the Rage. Guys, yeah, he, um, he like deleted like all of his favorite weapons. And he had like, I mean, yeah, the donation trains have been crazy. So yeah, check that stuff out. All right. So that was the basic information from the TWAB. Um, Ooh, one thing real quick Eddie, before we leave. Okay. Uh, this is random, random thing. I do want to, this kind of segues into kind of a little topic for us to talk about. There's a, the picture they put on there when they were showing off the emblems. It had the glimmer at 34,000. Now there is subtext that says all values and statistics are for illustration purposes only. And Deej tweeted today, read the subtext. It says illustration purposes only because people were kind of like, ooh, like new cat for Grim Glimmer, no cat for Glimmer. What do you guys think about that? Like, do you think that that's just kind of a safeguard because they don't want us to know there's not a cat? Or do you think this is kind of a subtle hint at the fact that either a cap is raised or there's no cap? Like, uh, it could be it anything. Could be anything in my mind. I'm not going to get my hopes up. Uh, but I mean... I'm not going to get my hope ups either. I just really, really uh, like we were talking about before the show, David, I hope that they make glimmer actual currency because in destiny one, until they added, um, what is it? Armor pieces and weapon parts. Like it was, it almost felt like the only reason you had glimmer was to upgrade your armor and stuff. Yeah. So I, I hope that they turn glimmer into what they say, or they, they keep mentioning uh, to actually be currency like i want to take glimmer and say i want to buy a new piece of armor over here or whatever um maybe it'll just be for looks but then you can infuse it or hopefully transmog it oh yeah you know because it, it seems like it's a missed opportunity it, like in any other game you have currency and you can buy weapons and right. armor and they might not be powerful but you can tinker them up to get to be powerful no, I, I agree. Mean, and it's go ahead, Jordan. No, go on. I was going to say, I agree. I mean, it's like in destiny one, it's basically treated as a material. And then the legendary marks are the um, currency, whereas glimmer should kind of be the coin, the currency. It seems like it should be anyway. And like, um, even if like, say you go to the Vanguard and an armor piece is 70,000 glimmer and there's no cap on glimmer, like, okay, yeah, like I got to save up a ton to buy this armor piece. And one, it, it streamlines the currency. You don't have these different currencies. And two, it makes Glimmer a currency rather than a material, per se. Agreed. Right, yeah. And that's what I was going to say was the, the streamlining of currency and materials and stuff is something that I hope they do. And yeah, using Glimmer as currency would be a great way to do that. So that's all I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. All right. So with that, let's get into the main meat of the show. And I really want to bring up these topics and get both of your opinions on them. So for this first part, we're going to start off with Jordan. Yeah. Let me go ahead and introduce it. So a recent post on Reddit sparked an interesting conversation. Recently, we found out that lost sectors are self-contained, at least per the report, one-time non-repeating activities that are given 
as part of quests or missions from NPCs. Now, there's been conflicting information and possible interpretation that these lost sectors can be repeated, but you might not get an additional reward from them. We still have to get more information, so we're just speculating on what we've been given so far. They are to be considered extensions of the story and lore of the campaign, world, and or characters. Per Steve Cotton, Destiny 2 world, the, the Destiny 2 world director, in addition to patrols, we've added adventures, which are 10 to 15 minute long missions with narrative and dialogue and take you to new places and they do new things, new mechanics. Then there's lost sectors, which are dun like dungeons, where occasionally you're wandering around the world and you see a symbol etched on some wall and you know you're close to the entrance of some kind. Then you get to go in, no matter what activity you're on, you can just go into this lost sector, find a boss, kill it, and get some sweet treasure. And we know from the interview with Kotaku that these lost sector bosses are going to drop at least somewhat nightfall level, level rewards. Given that the Lost Sectors seem to be one-time dungeons, almost like the cauldrons from Horizon Zero Dawn, what are your thoughts on the concept of Lost Sectors and the information that we've gotten so far? And if it is, in fact, non-repeatable, would you be upset about that? Uh, I'll start with the second question. If I find out they're non-repeatable, I would only get upset if there's only a finite amount of them and I run out of them quickly because I'm afraid that they'll be awesome. I hope I want them to be awesome. And if they are, I hope that we can enjoy them for a long period of time. And that doesn't necessarily mean they have to be repeatable. Maybe they will push them out slowly. Maybe we'll have new lost sectors to find every two, three weeks or more, yeah. depending on how much content they can push out and how quickly. So, um, What are my thoughts? on the Lost Sectors in general? That was the first question. Um, I'm really excited for them. I think they're a great thing. Um, I think that it gives us a new dimension and a new air of excitement and exploration about the game. And I hope that, again, back to my first answer, they add some air of not necessarily repeatability, which would be nice, but and some sort of um, rollout plan with them so that we get new ones occasionally. And so we can have something to look forward to, because if it is a fun activity, then I would like to have more of them and do them on a regular basis. Um, you also mentioned adventures, but uh, David, why don't you um, answer yours or Jorge, do you want yeah, I was just going to jump on, on one one thing you mentioned. Okay. So they did mention that Lost Sectors, like because it's a smaller activity, they have a, it's easier to implement and less resource intensive than a strike. So right. that it It's easier to add more in the future. Right. Yeah. And that's that that sort of gets my mind churning in the direction that I was going. Um, I also want to talk about adventures. But David, do you want to hop yeah. on Lost oh. Sectors first? Yeah, I'll go into Lost Sectors before we move on to that. But um, so the, the one thing that I've seen about Lost Sectors is that you can either find them randomly or they can be led to through adventures or treasure maps. And I think that's really awesome because one, it connects the story because these adventures are essentially the story to something in the world, which is something we haven't really had. Patrol has kind of been in like this separate entity from the story, 
but now story can lead into something in the wild. Along with that, I, I definitely see this as the opportunity for um, Bungie to be pushing things out weekly, bi-weekly, even monthly, um, because like you said, uh, they've already said they're less intensive to make than a strike. So you could have a, a team, especially because now we, we've got a couple studios working on this game. It, whether it's behind the scenes or not, there is a strong group working on this game. Um, you're not going to have a divided studio where a lot of the studio is working on, say, D2 when D1 was going on. Everybody is focused on D2 right now. So you could have people who are like, all right, we have this set team and your job is to make five lost sectors for the next month. And you see this in MMOs where there'll be new little dungeons thrown in. And that's something that this could really bring out. Um, lost sectors, I think they've said, are going to be a little shorter than strikes and are soloable soloable if that's even a word but I, I do really see this as the opportunity for them to push out content it will be like the black spindle thing per se where um you go onto reddit and people are like oh in this area of the cosmodrome i found a really cool lost sector that has this really awesome reward everybody should go to this area this week and try and find it and beat it and and that's awesome to me it gives them a chance to really interact with the world and incorporate the story into the world and i'm very happy about it I don't yeah, remember I mean, the second question. I was just going to say, if they are, um, would you be upset if they're not repeatable? But before we get to that, I just want to jump on that point as well that you mentioned. I would definitely be happy if a lost sector was a lot like you mentioned, that Black Spindle mission. Because it, it technically is the mission, and then you get to the dungeon area, which is the catch. And, I mean, that took up, like, what, 10, 15 minutes? You had a 10 minute timer. I mean, it, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I would be very happy with multiple of types of missions just like that. It, it, it had a boss, a very, very cool boss with interesting mechanics that at, at a certain damage interval, it would spawn different things all over the place. So I would be very happy with stuff like that. And I think, I hope that that's the direction that they go for. Um, yeah. yeah. Going back to the, the question. I mean, if you think about it, now that you bring that 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 thing up, you can technically do that dungeon over and anytime over. you want. Right, you're not going to get the nightfall reward again. Right. So that's we were talking about this a lot before the show. And um, hold real quick before I answer it, I, I want to say we do have Dead Sock Puppy Puppet in the chat who asked, "What about the possibility of playlists for Lost Sector sectors with replayability?" And the thing about that is Lost Sectors aren't going to be a playlist. They're just going to be, they, they've kind of shown it where it's just kind of, they're marked on your map in the world and you go to this point in the world and they're part of patrol. So I don't really see a replayable playlist as an option. Um, with them being replayable, I wouldn't be too disappointed if they're not replayable. If they're a um, a like good experience for me the first time through and there are enough of them. If there's like five of them in the game and they're not replayable, I'm going to get kind of upset. Yeah. If I can go back in and replay them and not get the reward and they're fun, I'm still OK with that. Because at the end end of the day, um, I'm willing to put in the grind to become max level. And at some point, I'll be max level. And if they're fun, when I'm max level, I'll go back and I won't care about getting reward. I'll just play the lost sectors. I'll be like, oh, I had a ton of fun in this one. I'm going to go back and do this this week. And at the same time, if they're updating new ones and new ones and new ones, like... I, I mean, I'm okay with that too. So, so I think they're set up in a way where they can succeed without replayability. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm. I, I think for me, 
I'm not to say that I'm not excited for the raid or anything, but I I've been telling you guys for weeks. The thing I'm most excited for is to find out what these lost sectors are about. Because if it is, if, if if we got our taste of a lost sector with the Black Spindle's um, side mission, I I'm all down for that. That that's just that was it's so much fun doing that mission. Yeah, even if even it's not timed. Yeah, I mean, like even now, like. I challenge myself every so often and I'll try to do that and I'll do that solo. It's a lot of fun. You're just getting bum rushed by everything. It's it's just I I, I like weird stuff like that. I mean I do skull off solo, so just put on a dark drinker and you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that was really, really cool. Um I'm really excited. I hope they give us more information about Lost Sector soon. But let's take it to a different topic right now. And that is a topic that we actually discuss on the show bit ago but there was a recent polygon article that i wanted to bring up so daniel friedman uh recently resurrected a topic from a couple months ago that i wanted to go over in discussion we already knew that items from destiny 1 will not be porting over to destiny 2. we know that games like call of duty and other console games rarely if ever bring items forward with any new iteration and he argues that as we spent on average hundreds of dollars on top of the game itself, many of us will lose out on these items. And if we had remaining silver on the accounts, they're staying in Destiny 1. The writer also used the example of League of Legends, where runes you previously had are changing, but you can utilize them in the new system. He also used the example of World of Warcraft, a game that has been running for 13 years and contains hundreds of mounts, pets, toys, and collector's items that can still be used today. Other games like Counter-Strike, Dota 2, and Team Fortress allow you to preserve your collections of cosmetics over the life of the game and its updates. And while we will be getting those emblems that we mentioned in the TWAB and that show our experience in Destiny 1, is it fair that items that we have paid for, such as Eververse-related items and armor, won't move on with us as trophies that can be transmogged uh, when many other games do. And does having a game on being on PC versus console previously for this example make a difference, especially now that we have hard drives, cloud saves, and server-side saves in effect? So we'll start off with Jordan. Start with the first question. Is it fair that items that we've paid for, such as Eververse-related items and armor, won't move on with us to Destiny 2? My short answer is yes. Um, reading the article, he compares Destiny to a lot of MMOs like World of Warcraft and such. And my opinion is that Destiny is a different game. Destiny is not a World of Warcraft type game. Um, they, I don't believe they ever set out to make Destiny like that. They wanted Destiny to stand alone, apart. They wanted to do something different. So we can't hold Destiny to the standards of other games. If we want it to be its own thing, we have to make it its own thing. Is it a bummer that they're not letting those things carry over? Yes, because I like the way a lot of those things look. I like a lot of the emotes and I like a lot of the emblems. But am I going to cry a river because I don't get them in Destiny 2, which is a new game? No, part of the reason is because I still feel that Destiny 1 is 
a sort of beta. And now we're starting to hear comments from the developer Bungie, like Luke Smith. Uh, Mark Noseworthy has made some comments that really strongly, in my opinion, strongly suggest that the game was like a beta. Destiny 2 is their chance to shine. Now they know what they're doing. They've got their direction. I think they know their true north. I expect a great game. I'm okay leaving stuff behind for Destiny 1. It was a fun experience. It was a great experience. I'm excited for Destiny 2 and to get news stuff. Um, and the last comment I'll say is just we are getting some rewards like we mentioned earlier in the show. So I'm happy with that, assuming that Destiny 2 is the fantastic experience that I hope and expect. Yeah. So kind of kind of jumping on what you were just saying there, Jordan. Um you mentioned that Destiny 2 is its own game and should be treated as such. Do you think that it's the game type that um, that is giving you this feeling that it's okay to leave this stuff behind? Or is it that it's a formally a console-only game um, versus a PC game that has, you know, kind of some a, a reputation on PC, I would say, that most stuff would carry over? Um, especially now that we have stuff, stuff such as hard drives, cloud save, and server-side saves in effect. Yeah. Um, I, I, I sort of have a different view, maybe a slightly different view in regards to it being on PC now. And yes, it was a console game, so that makes sense. And it, I guess if it was going to identify as one thing more heavily, it's actually more of like a, like a loot shoot type game, looter shooter, like Borderlands or something like that. And the different Borderlands games, I don't remember them carrying anything over. So, um, you know, I, I, so I, so that again makes me fine with it. The PC thing, part of it, I mean, again, not just like the the game sort of being like a, like a reset for Bungie in their direction. You know, they're also they are adding PC, and that's a good point. Adding the PC is sort of like it's a whole new set of players that they're going to add in now. I know a lot of people. And a few of them I've been helping out when I am playing Destiny. I'm helping, helping them out level up Guardians because they're trying to figure out this Destiny thing before they get to play it themselves on PC. They never played it. They don't play on console at all. Um, a lot of them have like borrowed PS4s from their family so they could play. Pretty crazy. But, um, you know, it's, it, it's, I think it makes sense for Bungie to sort of reset a little bit, especially with the loot stuff because of the PC players. I mean, imagine how salty they would be <laughs> if everyone they're playing with uh that comes from console and then plays pc They're like oh yeah i have all this great stuff from destiny you know it's like it's bad enough they have to wait to play it and get to you know listen to their friends on console experience it and then have their friends that play on pc as well experience it again on pc with them when they're doing it for the first time you know i think i, th I think uh, they're doing the right thing still you know by the way jumping on that uh, mm -hmm. i don't mean to interrupt i'm sorry mm -hmm. david one last thing i was gonna say jumping on what you're saying if you played on console and you decide to only go to PC, those emblems, those seven emblems, they don't carry over nope. to PC. We don't know that yet, okay? We don't know that for sure. That's just uh, an assumption. I You're assuming. I'd say it's an educated guess. It is an educated guess. <laughs> but, okay, so, so uh, oh, man, so many things I got to respond to, Jordan. Ooh, crack right, your knuckles let's go. go all right so first of all i don't think the pc thing has anything to do with stuff transferring or not transferring um because it's it's simply um adding a new console doesn't make it like unfair 
to people if stuff doesn't carry forward, especially because the stuff we're originally talking about is mainly cosmetic, the stuff you buy from Eververse. I personally have like don't care in the slightest that stuff's being left behind because if I buy something in a game like that, I don't expect it to carry forward. Um, it's one, it's purely cosmetic. Two, uh, no game that I've ever played, especially console game, when you buy something during a generation of that game, that thing carries over to the next one. Even um, like Call of Duty's a good example. That's where I've spent a lot of my gaming life. You can buy skins and stuff in those games. You can buy uh, loot boxes. None of that stuff carries to the next game. This is a completely different game. Uh, the, the guns aren't the same. The armor's not the same. The way you play isn't the same. Many of the subclasses aren't the same, though some are the same, but also completely changed. There's no reason to ever expect that that stuff would carry over into this game. So I don't see how or why people would be upset about it. When you bought it, I feel like you accepted the fact that it was going to be a cosmetic thing for Destiny 1. This isn't an expansion. If this if this is the Taken King, yeah, stuff carries on. If this is Rise of Iron, yeah, stuff carries on because it's still Destiny 1. This is Destiny 2, and they've made it very clear that it's a very different game, so I would never, ever expect anything to go forward. If they're going to destroy all of our guns, they're going to destroy the stuff you bought for free, or bought, not for free, uh, but is cosmetic and doesn't affect the game as well. So... You know, I, I don't think there's even an argument as to whether this is unfair or not. And yeah, that, that, that's my opinion. I don't remember what else I was supposed to respond to, but mm, yeah. I think it was just the one question. No, I, so far. yeah, I mean, I, I think you kind of got both of them. <laughs> um, to be honest, I, I, I can see both sides. And the reason I say that is even though it's not technically an MMO and they never use the term MMO, uh, there was a certain... There was a certain simplicity when the class armors weren't part of your armor. Like, they were just for looks. And I like that about Vanilla Destiny. When it became more important and they they had light attached, I kind of... That's when the class armors started... Stopped. Like, I stopped caring about how they looked and cared more about their stats. Which can be a good thing, can be a bad thing. Personally, for me, it took away from certain things because I liked the way certain things looked, but I just know that they weren't beneficial with regards to the stats. So my my character at times just straight up looks like ass. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like he'll have future war cult helmet, a dead orbit shirt or chest piece. What is it? The the new monarchy boots and then some class armor from some raid. And I'm just like, I'm ready to go. I don't know who I'm fighting for, though. Let's do this. Yeah, but yeah, whether whether it's MMO-like or not, um, mm. in MMOs, when you buy stuff, it doesn't carry on. Like, when, when you get something in WoW that is cosmetic at the time, when the next expansion comes out, that thing gets left behind with the expansion. So even if this is an MMO, and that's the argument as to why things should carry on cosmetically, there isn't an argument. Because things always get left behind. Absolutely. Uh, again, I can see both sides. I'm leaning more with you guys, though. Um, personally, I'm more excited about getting a new game. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see all the new stuff. So, 
With that, David, why don't you go ahead and talk about Mash Those Buttons? Well, Mash Those Buttons is your ultimate resource for video game commentary, reaction, and involvement by a variety of opinionated and informed gamers who love gaming of all kinds. Covering a large swath of gaming, we cover the latest news and information on the games you care about and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. Check out all the killer podcasts available today right on the Mash Those Buttons website at www.mashthosebuttons.com. And now we're going to talk about our favorite little porker himself, Mr. Luke oh. Smith. Just, I'm obviously good. I, oh, that was bro. terrible. No, but he's, yeah, bro. Anyway, our favorite director, Mr. Luke Smith. In a Game Radar article, people had to devote serious amounts of time to get anywhere. It became a game that became an obligation. With Destiny 2, we built a game that we want you to call, that we want to call you and your friends back to it. But it does it in a way that is compatible with real life. In Destiny 1, if you said you only had two hours to spend, you go to Reddit. And in Destiny 2, you're not going to Reddit. You're going to press one button on the controller, and the game's going to tell you what to do. People have been speculating that this button is going to be a way to guide people through missions and activities. With this, coupled with a new death penalty, and no different versions of heroic levels of difficulty available like you had in Vanilla Destiny, as confirmed by Deej on the Fireteam Chat podcast for E3, does this mean that we're going to have an easier time through the content? And we'll start with David this time. Uh, no, no and yes, I guess. it's So I think, I think the whole being guided through it is just going to be a more streamlined quest log so we have quests right now but they're kind of all over the place you do whatever you want i think this is more like a streamlined version of the quest log which is what he's talking about with this button like maybe you open the quests and here's what you should be doing right now and this leads you through the story but i um i don't really think that makes it easier if the content is fulfilling content um so i i guess it comes down to the substance of what you're doing as it's guiding you through the game I guess I I don't know it's it's kind of a hard thing to answer um huh, I mean Destiny as a whole through story and stuff has always been not the hardest game it's been it's been relatively easy and it it only comes down to the the in-game stuff nightfalls raids things where you need teams that this becomes a hard game to get through so I don't really think we can say that this is going to make it easier i think it's going to be the same style of progression through things like story and stuff i just he said hard by the way yes yes i did things by the way i just think it's i just think it's going to be a more streamlined directed version of playing the game which um could be good it could be bad i don't know i don't know this question's tough for me to answer it's it's tough and hard jeez um Jeez, I'll I'll, uh, I'll pick it up and uh, try to steer away from that. Um, I didn't have a much to say about that article with Luke Smith on GamesRadar. Um, it's <laughs> he did mention that the game was um, it didn't have a direction, which I think if you played since day one, pretty damn obvious. Um, they did get their shit. They did get Bro, it. They, they did get it together. Even know what the darkness. Yeah, they is. did get it together towards the end, but. When you're when we were playing that game the first couple of weeks, months, it became clear that this is a really fun game. It's really engaging, but it left you with the feeling of confusion. He's like, I don't know what's going on. I can't stop playing this game. 
what am I doing? It's like, I don't know. I mean, we're still here, but You're yeah, it was like a weird, it's a yeah, it's like, exactly. It's like, I know this is bad for me. I, I know it's not great, but it's good enough. So let's just go. I'm sleeping one hour a night so I can get a blue ingram. That's going to turn into, well, well, I was going to say a purple turn into a blue. Never mind. Um, yeah. So, Jorge, you mentioned, or I guess asked uh, in, in some way, shape, or form, are we afraid that the content will be easier? That's actually something I picked up on the article. I really picked up on that because you started to talk about um, making it compatible with real life. And when, as soon as I read that, I was like, uh-oh, it's going to be easier. One of the things I know a lot of people, like the older guardians that have been around, complain about and have complained about recently is that the progression is so much easier. Probably because we were used to year one when it was really, really hard. But, but nobody liked know, it in year but, one. Let's not, let's not get into a psychological discussion about gamers and destiny because I could do that for hours. But um, yes. Yes, it was ridiculous in year one. It is much better, in my opinion, in year in year two and now in year three. It's easier, but it's still it still provides a challenge. Uh, so I think we're yes, we're going to see something that we like something like we have in year three as far as the difficulty and progression and the content difficulty and such like that. Um, it, you mentioned more in game direction. That was also in the article, so I just wanted to mention that. Like yeah, the the in game direction sounds awesome, and that. Coupled with, um, we talked about it earlier, the article with the the, the other developer for the worlds, um, way they sort of have the maps working with the worlds, multiple landing zones and stuff like that. Yeah, I think this game is like that that UI and everything is going to be so is going to be so much smoother. I'm so excited for that. So excited. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, one of the things uh, one of our listeners on the chat board mentioned. Uh, what are your thoughts on what the death penalty might be? Time out. In Destiny 2. Before we answer this, is there any info on it? Because I hadn't even heard it till you mentioned it. Not really from what I so, know. So, in, in, in the article, uh, the original article, uh, Luke Smith mentioned that the death penalty for raids on Heroic are going to be different than what we had in, year, in oh, Destiny 1, I should say. It's a raid death penalty. Well, raid and, uh, and whatever. Hope. See, because are cause they going to really kick us to orbit from a raid? That would be messed up. <laughs> oh my god, Gaul well, deems you not worthy. He does the cabal style. I, and pushes I don't you think off. it's going to be anything more difficult or harder. I think it's going to be something where you there's no there'll be permadeath, but you can you, or like some sort of like additional hurdle to jump. It's not just like a time. Uh, a timer it's going to be like a timer plus like a hurdle like you have to do something the fire team has to do something add a mechanic to actually revive a fallen teammate that's what i think is going to be done oh. okay that, that would be interesting um huh, yeah i don't know um well heroic he said heroic so heroic you can't revive anyway. right now in um, destiny one currently right i'm could it just be something i mean could it be something as simple as uh, similar to the original Oversoul in Crota, where someone goes down, so you have this mechanic that now happens. Like, I mean, I guess that would be a greater death penalty. It just, it seems weird to me that they would create a greater death penalty than a person is dead and cannot come back. Right. I don't think that's what they're saying. I think it's going to be something, I think they're going to add a different, add more layers and more depth 
to dying in the game and being revived. So you actually, because I, I don't, I don't have this in front of me. I should have checked this out and gotten the reference for it. But I swear I heard it was either possibly an article or maybe one of the E3 interviews that the death penalty, they're essentially looking at something that could possibly allow you to be revived in like heroic raids. It may not have been mentioned like that, but that's what... But that makes the death penalty not as Right, bad. and that's what I think they're trying to say. It's not going to be a worse death penalty necessarily. It's actually going to be more... You're going to be able to work around it now in heroic level rate so hold hold up jorge did they say did they just say changes to the death penalty or did they say more thing i'm I'm so confused yeah only thing that has been stated we're confused the death penalty for heroic raids are going to change in some way shape or form i actually had a theory and uh, this is not based in anything this is because we don't have any real information all we can do is speculate but the way I could see making revives harder would be if you give light, aka your life bar, to revive somebody. So you're picking somebody up, you see your life bar start going down. Trying to pick somebody up is now a risk because all they have to do is just like an enemy just shoots you a couple times, you're dead as you're trying That's to revive cool. somebody. So it's a risk reward system that is in the game is like, okay, you can pick them up in 30 seconds, but you have to give up your life to pick them up. That makes, I mean, That's that makes cool. sense because it, it goes with that theme. I think they already confirmed that there's not going to be any overshields when you pick someone up now. Right. So that kind of adds to that. Theme, yeah, I, I, I like your idea, yeah. Jorge. That actually sounds cool. Again, it, this is not based in anything that we've, this is pure speculation, but I, I, I'm just thinking, the game, at least from what we've seen, has introduced a lot of risk reward. I mean, the one uh, submachine gun that's like fake, uh, what is it? The arc auto gun from Destiny 1, uh, where you have to get hit with arc shots to charge it up so that you can use arc shots from the gun. So if they're going for risk reward, that's a pretty high risk right there with the reward of reviving your teammate for a heroic raid. So actually, I kind of want to go back to the story, like like you mentioned, where he said, I don't think we always knew exactly what we were doing or know what the darkness is about. Does that inspire confidence or is that just brutal honesty about the status of Destiny 1 story? Because... And I want to bring this up real quick. On the Kotaku podcast, uh, Kotaku Split Screen, which we'll include in the show notes because it's an actual really, really good interview. I recommend that you guys take a listen. And it's very different when you listen to it. Yeah, it's very, very different. Uh, Jason Schreier has been known to break stuff about Bungie's inner workings. And he kind of said stuff out loud to Luke Smith. And Luke Smith was like, yeah, you know, it's like, did you just confirm everything that he just said there? Are you the source? Are you the mole? Because like, like he just straight up said, we knew in Destiny 1, there was a lot of uh, turmoil going on back there. And the story was kind of put together with pieces. How do you think of this? And he's just like, well, you know, and so you just listen to this, like me knowing that I'm 
Jason Schreier is putting out a book where he's revealing a lot of stuff about Destiny 1's development. Like, that just seemed really, really weird. So with regard, going back to the original thing I was going to ask you guys, <laughs> do you think do you think it's that him being candid about them not knowing what the darkness was originally about or was it what it was going to be? And then him saying stuff like, I don't think we always knew exactly what we were doing. Is that candidness um, kind of like inspiring you that they now have a plan for Destiny 2 going forward? Or is it kind of a little scary? Well, okay, so I'm sorry, I'm going to jump into this one first. Um, I don't think you can really take it or it should take it as scary. And part of that is because Luke Smith was not involved in writing the original story. He mm. was the man behind Taken King, which was, I think, the best story we've seen with Destiny. But um, he was behind that era. And I think, yes, there was a period of time. There's definitely turmoil. They've confirmed that. This isn't breaking news. We all knew that stuff's been going on at Bungie. And I think that he just confirmed that, yeah, like this game had a vision. That vision was lost. And those of us who were picking this pieces, the pieces back and putting them together because they love the game, just didn't know how they all fit. There, there were missing spots. And I think the darkness was one of those missing spots because it started as this, this big, bad villain, anti-traveler. Then it, it became just the enemies. And then they kind of turned it into like a force that worked with the worm gods that the um, hive were after. And it, it just kind of lost the whatever it was trying to be and became like just an idea rather than an actual thing. So I don't think it's really scary that he's coming out and saying, no, we, we didn't really know what we were doing with this aspect of the story, because I think that happens a lot in writing. You 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 write something. And it, you had an idea for it and it kind of derails and then you move on. And I think this is a good point for them to take a step back, um, admit to the fact and Jason Schreer complimented uh, Luke Smith for admitting to this fact that there were aspects of the story that they didn't know where they were going. So they're going to remove them and focus on putting a great story forward. So if anything, I think it is actually good because it shows that Bungie can accept that they've done things wrong and will move forward in a more direct uh, manner. Yeah, I actually agree with that. I was, if I was going to state it in, in one sentence, I would say it's, Candidness inspired by confidence. Uh, and David mentioned that Luke Smith was not around prior, or he wasn't directing the game uh, and up until The Taken King, and that was his baby. The Taken King was his baby. They, they did a great job with that. And um, he's, I think he's confident. We've seen him in interviews. We've seen him live. Um, he can, he's an interesting character. I see this as confidence moving forward into Destiny 2. He is not afraid to say, yeah, D1 had issues, man. Because he knows, I'm hoping, cross my fingers, that Destiny 2, he has that confidence in it now. And yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm totally cool with that because we've been speculating on all, all the issues and we had some of these questions, they popped up, but you know, they've tried to hide it and bury it. And now they're finally saying like, yeah, you're right that was it and they're ready to move on and i mean frankly so am i and i think a lot of us are ready to move on to destiny 2 now mm -hmm. yeah very much so absolutely speaking of moving on let's go ahead and move <laughs> on to the next topic oh i see what you did there Segway. wow so the next topic that we're going to talk about is actually something that kind of got corrected today 
So originally, um, there was an article where from an Australian website, actually, um, finder.com.au, written by Nathan Lawrence, where he flat out asked Mark Noseworthy a question about the PC version and balance. So let me go ahead and read this stuff out, and then we'll read, we'll read, we'll, 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 we'll read the corrections. I think we should just start with the corrections. Well, let's, start, the let's start with thing. the article. But he was wrong, man. Th- that's the problem with reading because I don't want to give false information. And this is why I've gotten very upset over this topic the past few days, okay? Because they right. started by saying it wasn't there and that's wrong. So you can't reread that quote, David man. is very – Don't David get us misquoted. He is going to write a very well, stern letter describing how upset he is. Well, well there's a reason I'm going to read this stuff. So the topic isn't actually the recoils. So just follow me here, okay? Let's start off with the original article. Do you find that you're having to balance the PC version differently, especially in terms of difficulty? If elite PC players are just able to crack off headshots every time, then the highest difficulty might not be the same challenge as something that's on console. And then to that, Mark Noseworthy said, yeah, we thought about this quite a bit. Ultimately, we have one design for the game. And so, if you're playing the raid on PC, or you're playing it on PlayStation, it's the same raid, it's the same experience. And we're gonna try to keep them as similar as possible, because hopefully we want this to be the best experience. We may look in a few places where weapons need to be handled differently, and we'll treat them slightly differently. For instance, and this is the part that's the contentious part that David almost had a stroke there, for instance, there's no recoil on guns on PC because recoil Lies. on the controller feels good. I'm firing, I'm firing, I'm firing. Oh, I'm losing control of my gun a little bit. That feels great, especially with magnetism and all the magic in the controller that makes you feel it. With a mouse and keyboard, you don't want the mouse moving without you moving it. So recoil doesn't feel good, and there's no recoil on PC. Lies, as David just mentioned. After fans raised their concerns, Mark Noseworthy went to Twitter to clarify his statement. The developer told a fan that Destiny 2 PC recoil is still there, but it is heavily modified in comparison to the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions of the game. Mark Noseworthy also added that if Destiny 2 PC players use a controller instead of a mouse and keyboard, the game plays like the console version, which we're... He didn't confirm this part, though. Except that uncapped frame rate. Right, uncapped frame rate. <laughs> but does this also mean that the aim assist is going to be there? That, you know, the yes. bullet magnetism is yeah. also going to be yes. there? Yes. So, I mean, we, we need a yeah. little bit more clarification. We, we're making educated assumptions that are pretty heavily based on that one last sentence. But well, I want to confirm because, again... Mark Noseworthy was just wrong, and then he made this statement, which... Well, then, no. So, back at the reveal event, um, Twitch streamers, YouTube cre- content creators and stuff asked those questions, and they said to them, which it's, I think, Bife had a video on it and more Council maybe, yes, when you use a controller, there will be aim assist and magnetism. It is exactly the same as playing on a console if you're using a controller on pc okay i didn't actually catch that i don't know so 
the the main reason I brought up that topic was, as we've heard from many people, the PC uh, version feels like Destiny, yet very different. And we've also heard of many other minor changes, such as the placement of the reticle uh, that may seem minor, but drastically affect how the game is played. We'll start off with you, Jordan, since you just mm. got a new PC. Do these changes make you more intrigued about how different Destiny will feel on the PC while playing the same oh, yeah. content? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm definitely intrigued on the differences. Um, the, the, as far as the articles that we're talking about and some of the, the comments and the interviews and such, I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock in them right now because we're seeing a lot of conflict already. Um, you know, PC is not necessarily a port for this game. It's it's sort of its own game. It's the same, isn't at all. It's not a port at all. Okay, yeah, you're right. It's its own game. They have it, their own developer working on the PC version of it. It's going to be the same experience, like the same game content. So, um, you know, I I I think that or I I hope that what they do is they focus in on the game mechanics, the content, and the story to make it difficult. And not focus as much in on the gunplay to make it difficult because yeah, the mouse and keyboard is it's easier to aim and like they said, it's easier to crack off headshots or whatever they whatever term they used. Um, so yeah, if they if they continue to make the game, uh, or, or, or if they make the game story driven like they said they were going to, and they make the content engaging and difficult through the mechanics, then you know the, the you will you should have. A similar experience in PC as console, while still maintaining the difficulty and fun through both. Does that make sense? Those mm-hmm. are the, yep. That's my thoughts. And uh, I don't know about you, but I heard mouse moving on its own, and I kept thinking about a Ouija board. So hopefully, that's not the case. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going there. That's like but... one of my random thoughts that just okay, popped in I kept my head. thinking of. I don't know. It's it's just so there's a thing with that is like when you play a console, a shooter, um, you're used to basically using that right thumbstick to pull down. When you play a shooter on PC, you don't have to drag the mouse down. The recoil's there, but it's more about aiming properly to match the recoil rather than countering the recoil. And oh my god, Jorge, I cannot focus. Um but uh yeah it, it's 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 more making it a core pc feel which is good because that makes it so people who are pc gamers want to play it because it feels like a pc game and yes it will be different it could create completely different scenarios they're gonna have to balance guns differently but i mean at the end of the day they're taking the time to make it a real pc game they want it available to pc um Blizzard is willing to put it on Battle.net, so obviously it's got to have some quality because they're not just going to smear their name by putting out a game they don't think's good. So don't besmirch me. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think they're doing it the right way, and it will have a good impact. Yep. Cool. Yes. No besmirching. You will anger the Blizzard gods, and we will banish you from Battle.net. Okay. Yeah, that was terrible. So anyway, moving on. This week, yes, moving swiftly (laughs) forward. This week's weekly streamer is going to be Wild Thing. He is on Twitch at W I L D E T H A N G. 
You can also find them on YouTube at Wild Fang Gaming um, on YouTube, as I mentioned. And he added us. It makes me sad. He added us to uh, Destiny Content Creators. We really appreciate that. So anybody who never heard our show before, hopefully this is if this is your first time. You're enjoying this show. Check us out. Twitch.tv slash DSBolt. Live. You can also check out live. <laughs> you can also check out our uh, our podcast, which is going to be you know throughout the different podcast sources. We'll talk about that later. But mm-hmm. thanks for uh, for mentioning us, Wild Fang, and for uh, inviting us to Destiny Content Creators. We're really appreciative. So, last thing that we're going to talk about is messages from the reef. So I know that there were a couple questions on. The chat board, David, why don't you go ahead and read the, the one question that was given to us prior to the show? Uh, you, are you talking about the, the questions you already answered? No, the one from Chris Park. <laughs> oh, that one. Yeah, sorry. I was I was like, I, you said chat board. I thought you were talking about Twitch. I was like, man, we answered those during the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so Chris Parker wanted to know. From- <laughs> Jorge, if you guys aren't watching this live, you're not experiencing the the full glory of Jorge's pure disgust of what I just did. But anyway, <laughs> Chris Parker wants to know, from what has been announced about Destiny 2 to this point, what do you think is most likely to see a significant change via DLC or update post-launch? Basically, what do we think they're not going to fix by the time Destiny 2 launches and they'll fix soon after? First off, you disgust me greatly. <laughs> Second off, uh, the one thing I think that they're going to f- possibly fix post-launch early on would be the guided games. I think that it's a mistake that they're only doing normal mode because people are going to use that tool very, very heavily. And for them to eventually not carry over to... Sorry, I just laughed at something on the chat board. For it to not carry over to heroic stuff is, I think, a shame. I get what their intention is. They want to build groups up so that eventually, you know, you become friends with them, add them to the clan. But I think it's a little bit of a mistake for it to not. Once you open up one door, it's hard to close that door for for later stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. Um, My thing that I think they're going to... Uh, addresses the crucible i think that uh we'll see possibly the implementation of ranked um play because they've already kind of been discussing that they're thinking about that or doing a version of ranked play yeah a ranked play system something like Um, it and then yeah okay it gives people something to work to you know and uh you know maybe they'll bring back private matches since for some reason they're not in destiny 2 yeah, I think private matches. I my my thoughts on this sort of veered towards PvP. Private matches will get implemented eventually again, and maybe even custom matches. Maybe, probably, not. probably not. I'm Don't not trying to get hopes up. up. I'm just saying. I would love. I I think they're going to implement something. I, private matches most likely would be implemented at some point because they're pretty popular. People play them. I see. Them, I, I still get invited to them occasionally, so I know people are playing them. And custom matches would be awesome, but that's just something like I hope for. Um, and then you know, just uh, just general, just I don't know, I, I don't know. How, I guess I didn't have a whole lot of thoughts on that. So let's just leave it at that. 
I lost okay. my train of right. thought. So <laughs> Your train derailed. Like I don't the know darkness. what happened there. Ooh. Oh. Oh, shade. Hey, guys. Shade. Well, David, why don't you go ahead and close this bad boy up? Can't find it. All right. Anyway, we want to thank you all for listening to In Orbit and thank you all for tuning in who tuned in live with us on Twitch. Uh, We are available on a ton of platforms, so please make sure you're spreading the word. The best way to do this is to simply share In Orbit with others. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Overcast for iOS, Downcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Cast, YouTube, and we have an RSS feed. The links to each are available right on the Masters Buttons website at www.mashthosebuttons.com. And make sure to stay tuned after the show to hear what's coming this week on Mash Those Buttons. Make sure to check out the other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network at mashthosebuttons.com forward slash shows to see all of our podcasts. And for any questions regarding scheduling, check mashthosebuttons.com forward slash schedule for scheduling details. Check us out on twitter.com slash MTB site, twitter.com slash InOrbit podcast, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, youtube.com slash mash those buttons, twitch.tv slash DSBolt. David, where can people find you at? You can find me streaming on Twitch at DSBolt. There, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can find me on Twitch at DSBolt. You know, at. Uh, I got mixed up. I mixed my Twitter. I was about to mix my Twitter and my Twitch. I don't know where you can find me, apparently. You can find me on Twitter. You can find David in the ether orbiting the solar system. You know, I'm still confused from that mess up on the message. You can find David hiding under his desk weeping. (laughs) You can find me on Twitter at DS underscore Bolt or streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DS Bolt. No spaces, no underscores. Took me a couple tries, but I said it right. David just pulled a Mark Noseworthy right Ooh. there. Anyway, Jordan, where can they people can find, find me you streaming at? on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash IMTBot, spelled I A M T double E B O T, and spewing nonsense on Twitter at IM underscore TBot. And as always, you can find me fapping on all the different social network sites and gaming. Whoa, oh, you're going to get banned from oh, Twitch we, doing stuff oh, like that, man. That uh, wouldn't be the first. <laughs> I, I don't know, guys. Just go. Just, did just he, do it. Did, did, did he just, uh, did he just say that? Did he just, did he just say that? <laughs> what? What? Anyway, you can find me on all the different social network sites and gaming platforms via my screen name, GoToNRG. Make sure to contact us with any questions at inorbitpodcast at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at twitter.com slash inorbitpodcast. My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances, leads, and controls. Points and directs. Shapes and forms. I may not enjoy everything that lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. We are the authors, the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue, and what is in my future is my destiny. On behalf of the entire In Orbit team, David, Jordan, Jarrett, and myself, We thank you for listening to our show, and as always, we'll see you on the next mission. Your destiny calls.